0: Praise the Lord amen thank you Jesus I was praying for a word a or word not just for everyone but a word for us here and uh, perhaps anybody else who gets to hear this word uh, on our on our YouTube channel and um, it didn't come yesterday but it came this morning praise the Lord <laughs> right on time so I woke up a little bit earlier and 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 wrote it down it was very different than I expected yesterday hence it did come yesterday and um, it's a word of encouragement that um, I think we all need and uh, to start off with is we seems to be according to the television or the 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 newspapers the media or the mainstream media we seem to be living literally from one crisis to another to another to another sometimes two at the same time then back to one then back to two but it's I I would like to ask all of you to name a few that, uh, just to kick off with, we had obviously the the pandemic crisis, but ever since we've had migrant crisis, energy crisis, supply chain crisis. Anybody want to add any crisis that you remember that you saw coming at you from the TV screen? Feel free to shout out i need a few more crises that were told that we were in yes very good brexit crisis nhs crisis teachers teachers crisis that's right the, the the climate crisis That's the one forever going crisis. So we've gone from crisis, according to the people that run the uh, mainstream media, we are constantly in one sort of a crisis. Now, what that does, it, it projects fear. Because, and that is true, most people now live in constant fear, because we are told by MSM, mainstream media, that we're constantly in a crisis. There's no peace, there's not even a day or a week break. It literally goes as if it's programmed in advance. It literally goes from one crisis to another. There's not a week where you can have a breather, where it is like the opposite of a crisis. So you don't get a time to breathe and to get out of fear. But the good news is that it contradicts the Word of God and the Bible and the Lord Jesus Christ says fear not. So as much as fear is projected as we're going from crisis to crisis, so-called crisis, and everything gets stirred up in in worse than it is, um, but Jesus says fear not. Fear not basically throughout the Word of God throughout the Old and the New Testament Thankfully as a red thread It says fear not do not be afraid be anxious for nothing we are just to fear the Lord and Seek his kingdom and his righteousness and that what we need will be added on to us so have faith in this, what seems to be a new uh, a, a new era or a new, dare I say new world, but a new world or whatever, it's a new era where this crisis is getting spun and it's becoming, I think, for some people too much to handle and if there was to be one genuine crisis, it might be the mental health crisis of all the people that are that are just um, cannot cope any longer with the with the with the anxiety that it brings, and um, and that's not even yet coming to the cost of living crisis, which is a real genuine concern. Have faith, because faith cancels fear so fear not no we don't do fear we repent fear we turn away from fear because we have faith we walk by faith and not by sight amen somebody we walk by faith and not by what we see or what we are told or what we read in anything other than the bible we walk by faith and that cancels the fear and the anxiety and then we pray to exercise our faith Philippians 4:6. be anxious for nothing again fear not be anxious for nothing but in everything in by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God whatsoever for example the rising cost of everything is causing as a concern as an example make it known to the Lord Be anxious for nothing stop being afraid step into the exercising of your faith Pray with thanksgiving and let your request be made known unto God. And then be assured that the Lord will provide. If there was any crisis that stands out and that might be an ongoing one for a while. Is this cost of living crisis. So as a body of Christ, we turn back to the scriptures, knowing that our money is debased and it's devaluing. But we are reminded, for example, here in Psalm 37, King David said, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed-begging bread." Amen. Whatever happens with this cost of living crisis, there is a scripture in Revelation um, that talks about barley and some comparison. It it, it, it basically um, It's a statement of hyperinflation, where money is worth nothing, where basically uh, whether there will or not be a time, but for example, they have had this in several nations where all of a sudden a a loaf of bread was 10 local, for example, here, let's say 100 pence, and all of a sudden a loaf of bread is 10 pounds, 1,000 pence, so 10 times more. That's when you can't do too much with your money anymore. Because if just 10 pound alone is for a bread that used to be a pound, you just have nine pound less. But God has a different way of providing, hallelujah, sorry. God has a different way of providing. God has his own provision. And that's why he reminds us in the word that whatever comes to you from the world whether it's this fear whether it's this huge increase of cost the Lord provides Jehovah Jireh so we have our faith then we have the exercising of our faith and then we have the giving element I would say here as, as I wrote it down from the Lord Start giving, or if you're already giving, keep giving. Because in Luke 6, Luke 6:38, it's one of these principles of the kingdom of God. And remember, we are no longer off the world because we have been translated into the kingdom of beloved son. We do have a different economic system, praise the Lord. We have our own health system within the lord our own provision system within the lord amen we're our supernatural creatures we are a peculiar people very peculiar i am very peculiar Luke 638 said give and it shall be given unto you you give and it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down shaken together and running over shall man give into your bosom For with the same measure that you meet, withal it shall be measured to you again. Keep giving. This is a time where you do not stop giving. You keep giving because it will be given unto you in a bigger portion. And start or keep, if you haven't started, start tithing. If you are tithing, keep tithing bring all the tithe, Malachi says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse that they may meet in my house. And prove me now herewith, test me now, prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Imagine receiving a blessing and you don't even have room enough to receive it. You have to Call on the neighbor's door and say, sorry, I need to borrow your garage because the blessing is that big. I'll need some of your space. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. If any of this. So we are. Called and reminded to keep giving, but to also to keep or start tithing, and let there be meat in God's house. Because when we make sure God's, when we look after the Lord, the Lord look after us. There was a time when the Israelites were in the desert. Uh, 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 whether there was a cost of living crisis or not, there, there was nothing to buy anyway. There was a, it was a desert. There was no supermarkets. There was no energy crisis. There was no hospitals. There was no NHS. There was no crisis, and God still provided for them. And, and when they got tired of bread, the lovely manna that fell from heaven, they wanted much more meat, and God rained the births, and then they had meat. So God does provide even in the desert, praise the Lord. No lack, Psalm 34, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Praise God. And I can, it was kind of the Lord saying, you hear that media screaming at these people, crisis 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 gossip living. be afraid be afraid you can't pay bills Start start getting depressed, but God is shouting right the opposite against Those that are in the Lord and those that he wants to come to the Lord. Amen as well Young lions lack and suffer hunger They that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing and God is not a respecter of person God will do what he says he does. Hallelujah. He will never forsake, forsake you. He will never leave you, even until the end. Praise God. And then we have this. All these things happening around the nations of the world. And this wonderful scripture. And there's... Quite a few people that, I mean, even on the uh, secular or mainstream or alternative media sources, where are we getting close to the end? And sometimes I do my research and, and ask and pray and search how close or how far are we? Because we know that Jesus is coming back. Amen. Careful not to slap this again. Jesus is coming back hallelujah and that's a good thing praise God but and I said because there are so many different things about the end but then the Lord reminded me crystal clear and it gave me such an encouragement it gave me such a joy and I said so how is it going to be then? And the Lord said Matthew 24 verse 14 which he knew I knew that one and it says the gospel this gospel of the kingdom of God shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto me and then shall the end come praise God and then the Lord says you keep preaching the gospel Until the very end, the gospel will be preached. we got to fix this. The gospel will be preached until the very end. No matter what happens. The gospel is going to carry on being preached until the very end. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? God is going to bring people into the kingdom until the very end. Because when they hear the gospel, they can believe cause how can they believe unless they preach the gospel how can they preach the gospel unless there's a preacher how can the preacher preach the gospel unless he is sent to preach the gospel praise god for the will of god is for none to perish none to perish but for all to come to repentance second peter 39 for all to come to repentance hallelujah Amen. hallelujah And I think I have five minutes, so I want to just pick up from where Sister Christine was reading this wonderful uh, paragraph in the the book of St. John chapter 8 and because she's already read the first seven verses and just to remind you the seventh verse, so here is this crowd Hostile to the Lord, challenging the Lord. Pharisees, most of them. Now they got somebody. They think that now they've got the Lord and now they're going to challenge the Lord. With their pride, they're going to challenge the Lord and they caught a woman in the act of adultery. They dragged the woman half dressed. Into the middle of the temple in a utter display of shame and humiliation and thinking that is the way to challenge our God and of course the Lord will deal with them so they said they've caught this woman and as we've heard and read and then it says so Moses said to stone, and Jesus answered simply, okay, well let him without sin cast the first stone. And just before that, he stooped down and he was writing. Because in these temples it was this there was no carpet, so it was like a uh, like a cementy stody gravel you could actually write it but he had stooped down and he was writing before he said he wrote something down knowing that all these people in the synagogue or the temple would be able to read it and remember it reminds me and it will help you remember when Moses wrote the Ten Commandments on just two tablets so they wrote in Hebrew uh thing and you can just basically write a symbol and it means a lot so you can get the whole of ten commandments on two stone tablets so more than likely the lord jesus christ i prayed a lot about it and i believe that he wrote at least one or maybe five of the commandments in the sand and they were reminded by the ten commandments and then he said he that is without sin remember the 10 commandments cast the first stone and then he he didn't nobody said anything he didn't say anything he stooped down again wrote something else maybe another commandment and they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience they started walking out. Instead of grabbing the stones and throwing the s- stones at this woman to kill her, they put their heads down and they all started walking out. They thought they'll put this woman to shame. They'll humiliate this woman as the proud Pharisees that they were. And when Jesus finished with them, by just simply asking one question and writing two things in the sand they all walked out with their head bowed down in shame and then when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw nobody but the woman he says woman where are those thine accusers has no man condemned thee? she said no man no man Lord, not one man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. Hallelujah. Neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. Because Jesus Christ knew that not many days from there, he would be on the cross, nailing that very sin of adultery and every other sin on the cross, shedding his blood for the remission of our sin. Hallelujah. So he said, I have not come to condemn, but to save. Hallelujah. May that be a wonderful reminder to each and every one of us that we serve a very loving God who wants us all to repent and be saved And be provided for in this life and in eternity to come. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name.